What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Real Reality Realness with Brian K. James, the podcast where I, your host, Brian, interview figures in music, reality TV, and pop culture about their lives, their perspectives, and their platforms. Join me five days a week as I get to know some of my favorite people through their points of view and their journeys to their personal greatness. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. Alrighty, welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Brian K. James, and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They are an incredible rapper, an old friend, past collaborator, and one of my biggest inspirations in this underground LGBT queer rap, lyrically, lyrically inclined rap rap, real rappers rap rap space and i cannot wait for you guys to get to know my friend better ladies gentlemen and every gender or lack thereof in between join me in welcoming on the show shiloh can we just talk about how you ate that intro two seconds ago you were telling people to be quiet so you can record and now you just ate that whole intro just like that you know i'm trying to do what i can you know i'm just out here trying to be the black oprah (laughs) you know just out here trying to be the gay RuPaul. The gay RuPaul. <laughs> doing things. <laughs> I see what you mean. How are you, friend? I'm doing good. I'm just living life uh, through the economy being terrible. So you know what I mean? I'm saving my, my dollars and I am trying to promote my music and just still make art when the whole world seems like it sucks, right? <laughs> 10 million percent. I'm like, for me, I... I almost feel like I'm at a point where I don't even know any damn different. So I'm like, I've been broke and I'm still broke. So I'm like, I'm just out here struggling and hustling, still out here in these streets. And I'm like, I I don't just, maybe once I get to a certain tax bracket, the, the economy will start affecting me in some sort of real way. But right now I'm like, I'm so broke. I can't even be affected by that. Like I'm like, <laughs> it's like, just the line of existing is broke at that point. That's how I feel. For sure. (laughs) Right. It's like my entire existence in this economy is an existential crisis. It's like (laughs) my mental health and my my economic status match each other right now. (laughs) Like being here is a problem. Like what is going on right now? Like yo, like yo, like yo, America is weird, bro. Like America has a problem. A huge problem. Yes. Hail the queen. Absolutely. When she speaks, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> especially when she pulls, especially when she pulls Grace Jones on uh, 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 a damn high. You know, Grace Jones, she only comes out at night. Literally. So you, for you to have Grace Jones on your app, 
but can we get into that i think i would do just like ungodly things if she asked me to like if she was like i need you to do this this and this and i'll let you speak on my album for three seconds i'd be like absolutely let's get it done right now who do i need to sacrifice yeah absolutely like point me with what what do you want to do it with like i'll i'm getting on beyonce's album 100 percent. like 10 million percent like you know like what like like what room what item who do i have to kill this is like beyonce clue <laughs> like let's play clue baby what, what, we doing? <laughs> what, what we doing tell me what's going on absolutely put me in that no i i don't give a damn if it's in the songwriters camp i will be one of beyonce's thirty-seven thousand writers fine long as my name is in there and spelled correctly yeah i 100 agree I mentioned in that room. That's all it needs to happen. Marching in to Beyonce's writer camp <laughs> in the seventh circle of hell. You are absolutely right. Yeah. Do you think they all live in a compound? I feel like they have to. Like I they. Since she mentioned that she did that for an album, I feel like now I feel like they never left, and they just Literally. all stayed there. Frank Ocean, <laughs> Sia. They're locked away in the title office somewhere. <laughs> they are just locked away in the Parkwood offices down in the basement of rock nation just working working that's heaven to me though i'd do it i that that would be a guy I, I would gladly go to that hell i would gladly go to that hell sign me up for that hell where, where, where's satan where's the contract yeah and what looks are we serving when we go that's another yeah. thing <laughs> get me get me little nas x to satan so we can sign this contract because <laughs> i because i'm ready to shake my ass on the devil for this yeah let's let's do it and I'll film it and put it on TikTok for you. I don't, TikTok, OnlyFans, Demon Time. What are we doing? Literally Demon Time at that point. Hello. Personification <laughs> of Demon Time. We are literal Demon Time. <laughs> yes. This is, I'm so glad to talk to you. Hi. I've missed you. It's been so long. It has. You know, when you mentioned in the intro, you know, we collabed, that was like, Oh my God, I forgot that we literally did make a song together. Yes, we literally have done a song together. This is my old age showing, sorry. (laughs) Child, I have just accepted at this point, you know how like when we were all kids and we thought that like 30 was old? Well, I'm 31 now and I've accepted that I'm the old bitch in the room. I turned 31 in January and I feel the exact same way. Are you in 92, baby? 91. Oh, you were at the end of 91 then, aren't you? In August, yeah. Okay, I was about to say. So we're not far apart, but it does feel that way. And I'll be in these like rooms when I go to the studio, right? And I'm collabing with the artists and I'm like, we're writing. And then they're like, yeah, I, I turn 21 next week. And I'm like, you turn what? You, you what? You can't even legally drink right now? Like- yeah, exactly. Should I be here? Like, <laughs> you have to be at least 25 to be in the studio with me. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you need a permission slip to be here. Like, you're not even old enough to curse on this record. Why are am you I, here? Am I taking money from a minor right now? <laughs> hey, like, am I taking candy from a baby? Like, what's happening? Literally. You know what, though? I feel like I'm the best that I've ever been at being a 31. You know what I mean? I feel like everything's clear in your 20s, especially in the music world. You're like, I'm going to work hard. I am going to put out as much art as possible. Why aren't people seeing it? And I think that's the stage that a lot of people get discouraged at is they're like, I'm putting this out. Why am I not getting recognized now that I'm 31? I realize, and like this 
now that I've been rapping for 10 plus years, that it's not even about the music. And it's sad to say that, but it's not about the music. It's about how you promote yourself and what resources you have available to you. So now I've been trying to focus on that, still making good music, okay? And I still wanna be known for like what I can write and what I can, can make, but I also wanna focus on me. I spent 10 years rapping and people don't even really know who I am. You know what I mean? Like, so I really want to focus on giving a platform of what Shiloh is and like that community that I come from and I represent and just telling my story and hoping that someone can relate to it or feel inspired by that. So, For sure. I think that it's been such a wild ride because like, I woke up at 28 and I felt like a whole brand new person. I was like, oh, wait, what the fuck have I been doing the past? It's like, what, 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 what's been going on? And then ever since 28, it's like been a restructuring and a retooling and a reshifting and a reinventing. And it's like been me like doing the rubrics cube of my life and putting things back together. And now I feel like I'm on like that last side. Like, I like, like, like I've gotten all the other sides right. And now I'm on that last side. And I'm like, there's just these two squares in the rubrics cube I got to put together. And I'm like right there. And right. I'm like, but at 31, it just makes like, everything just makes so much sense. Everything is so much clear. Everything is like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't do or make or become all the things that I wanted to do, make and become. Back yeah. then, I would have crashed and burned so quickly. I would have had- I've heard so many people say that. I have a good friend, Stefan, that I make music with as well. And um, I think he's, he might be like a year or two older than me, us, us. Yeah, since we're the same age, like three, maybe three or four. But we were talking in the studio when we were recording a song called Highlander. And he was like, could you imagine if I would have had money and success and fame at when I wanted it the most? He's like, I wouldn't be here right now. And it's like, you know what? It's so true when you think about it. The things that you think you want is not actually the money and fame. You want the validation at that point because you spend your whole life from, you know, ages zero to 18, listening to adults or trying to approve uh, prove to adults around you or your peers that you can do it on your own. And so instead of focusing on what you actually need is, you know, you want to find your community and where you're at. You're just like, give me the money so I can show people that I can do this. And it's like, when you do that, you don't have the financial education, you don't have the life experience to understand, and you grow up really fast, and you either hate what you're doing, you hate the music, or you just realize that it's not for you. And that's why you see so many people come up and they'll get really big and they're gone. Because they're like, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I got big really fast and it burned me out and I lost the love for what we're doing. So I feel grateful that it's, I've at least had a career, whether it be touring with Aja or being even a local like artist, like who gives a shit if someone says local before your name, what matters is the artist part. And I'm still proud of that. So I'm still making art and hopefully at some point money would be nice like neither of us would turn that down right like of course why you think i'm still like her hustling so hard i'm still trying and see that's the crazy thing is like you know the older you get the more you realize like like you said earlier like the money really isn't the most important part like i've never like the old like i've never worked harder in my career and not wanted to make millions in my life like like i like like, like I like 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 I'm working harder than I ever have, but I'm not out here trying to be rich. I'm not out here trying to be famous. I just want to live comfortably doing the shit that I love doing and building a legacy, right? Yeah, like it's really all about me just building something that means something. And you yeah. can say, 
<clears throat> someone tells you like hey so if you could show me something that represents you you could literally be like i've got this i've got this album i've got this tv show that i've made i've got this this and this and that person who doesn't even really know who they are who spent their whole life working you know like corporate whatever and they still don't know who they are it's like it should make you feel proud which i want to say that like you were saying your life's like a rubik's cube and you're working on those last parts to feel good with you there are people that go their whole lives and don't even realize that they're not who they are and they don't work on themselves so you should be really proud that you're able to recognize because i think that's something i had to go through as well is recognize this isn't even who i want to be right now you know what i mean so i think that's really powerful that you're able to do that and help kind of coach people that hey it's okay to change it's okay to figure out who i am along the way because everyone's so dead set on i need to be this right now thank you so much i think that for me when i'm not comfortable i'm just not comfortable and so if i'm not comfortable in who i am i'm not going to be comfortable in life period mm -hmm. so i have to figure that out like i have to figure out what's going on in here so that i can figure out who i need to be out here you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so you know waking up at 28 and now coming to 31 it's kind of like been this journey of like just figuring out what the most authentic presentation of myself is and like who i really am in this world and like what i'm really like who i am to myself because whoever i am to myself is going to be the person that steps out in, into the world regardless so there's no different there's no differentiation be, 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 between the two and that so person is interacting with other people and influencing everything else. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that, like when you work on yourself, you really do change what's around you because you might not realize it, but how many times have you been like, I like what that person said, I'm gonna take that, I'm influenced by that person. And you never stop to think, people are saying the same exact thing about me. If I know who I am and I'm healing with myself, then I know I'm putting the positive change out in the world and not just, putting out nonsense or hate or bitterness. You know what I mean? So working on yourself literally changes lives around you. I, I can't say that I never thought about it like that because that's kind of like the mission statement. Like I think what keeps me humble is knowing that I genuinely want to create things that are bigger than me and not mm -hmm. necessarily about me like this podcast is about me talking to people like you about your lives and your perspectives and your platforms and the things that you're doing you know the the you know thing that i'm getting ready to start doing um that's about giving people the opportunity to tell their stories and share their art and you know uplift them and you know put them on new platforms and in front of new eyes and it's not about me you know i would I love to make a check from it? Absolutely. But I don't have to be the face of it or like be the most famous person in the room to get there. I feel like it means more to me when I can say that other people's lives are affected by the shit that I do. Right. So, you know, to your point, it means so much more to me. Having that rooted in it more so than I'm going to be a star. Like, I'm not out here trying to Roxy heart these hoes. It's really not that serious. <laughs> it's really not that serious for me. I would rather be Mama Morton. Yeah. I agree. You know. But in that line of thinking, what is the biggest lesson you've learned from your 20s? From my 20s. Um, I think it's to be not be afraid of of who you are and what you stand for. Like, don't be afraid of change. I felt like in my 20s, I was I was sad because some things that I had done did not work out the way I wanted and I felt like it was over like it's just time to like okay well it didn't happen it's not gonna happen and I should just quit right mm -hmm. but 
in that that sense i also found out real quick that when you don't have like a passion or something that you're working towards life can be really lame like it can really suck when you don't have you go you go home what you do watch tv you might work out and then you go to sleep and you're back at work and work becomes your life it's like that's not what i wanted to do so when i had the opportunity and for anyone that's listening that doesn't know like my backstory i used to tour with aja for a couple years from drag race and legendary and, and they're just amazing musician in their own right they randomly just asked me would you quit everything and go on tour with me and that was like one of the biggest things that i was thinking about in my 20s i was like you know i did work on this and i am stable in my career right now do i take the risk and in the end i took the risk right because i knew i don't like as great as stability is also chasing a dream is just more fulfilling so i did i quit everything quit everything on the line and then went on tour for two straight years and and did some amazing things so i think that biggest lesson that i learned is stability is great and you're always chasing stability but if you're not taking risk, you're not living a true life. Sure. When did you discover music? I've, I see, and that's so crazy to me when people always think like, I feel like I discredit when I started rapping even, you know what I mean? But I have always just loved music growing up. Like, I'm not even gonna lie to you, I grew up loving boy bands. Like when I was young, I had Darren's Dance Grooves um, video and I would practice in-sync choreography, Backstreet Boys choreography, Britney Spears, all that. And part of that was just rap. Like hip hop is obviously, was the main influence of pop at that time and still is, they still borrow from it. In-sync makes me ill. Yes. Bars. Literally. Play with it. Like don't play with it, don't play with it. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, the real artists that were writing that music for them obviously come from a different background than they did. And I think that it's a gateway into into that music. But ra like rap and hip hop's always been around in my life. And I think it was just for me when I realized that music is something that I wanted to do. What well, started through dance, like I used to dance in uh, like a folk group for my thea and it was just something I did. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm always dancing, always moving, always have my headphones on. And then I was like, you know, this is great, but I also would sit and listen to music. And I'd be like, what if this happened here? Or like, it'd be fun to change up the lines here. And next thing you know, I'm writing a remix to a Chris Brown song, or you know what I mean? I'm slowly being like, what if I could do this? Looking up instrumentals and rapping and, and, and Wayne honestly was one of the biggest influences in my life at that point when i like that had to have been like what oh five oh six and we're old we're old now um I'm old now bro like <laughs> i was just always inspired by like the fact that like this guy is just saying things that are genius and i think hip-hop and rap is one of the smartest genres of music ever because yeah people say you're just talking over a beat or whatever but it's poetry and poetry is not easy and disclosing your feelings is not easy and that's a lot of what it is and i think that's so beautiful so i was just drawn to it i'm an emotional i was an emotional little queer kid that didn't know he was you know queer and i was like hip-hop was just like that outlet for me because you can connect to these people's struggles and your own struggle is validated through that as well absolutely i think you know it's crazy that people underestimate the validity of hip-hop so much but it's like you literally have to make people feel things from your music without the 
advantage of having a great singing voice. Like with singers, they don't have to write their own music because their voice is going to carry them regardless. Yep. They, could, they could be out here singing WAP and it still sounds so pretty. Shout out to Janae Aiko because she can make the nastiest lyrics. <laughs> so beautiful. Yes. That's how I feel about SZA too. SZA will just like, just say some crazy shit where like you listen to it and you'll be like, she go therapy? Like, I hope she goes to therapy. Yeah, like, <laughs> For real. like shout out to her therapist because her therapist is popping. Like, literally. <laughs> but yes, it's true. They can sing something and it sounds beautiful and you can vibe with it. Like it's an instantly infectious, right? And like you look at lyrical and like all rap can be lyrical. Sorry about the screaming in the background. But all rap can be lyrical regardless of how intricate it is. And sometimes it being more intricate actually takes away from the listening experience because it's not telling the story right. But you just listen to it and it, it it's impressive that you have to say something that feels right when you listen to it. We can talk all day, but if we're not stringing together the right words with the right, you know, plot points it doesn't it doesn't it's not hip-hop right so and to your point like about us being old as fuck and to your point about like making hip-hop make sense like i'm still the person like i listen to some of the new rappers you know that's you know that, that that's great and it's cool but i'm the person now who doesn't know who any of the new rappers are i, 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 I don't know nothing about none of these new girls on soundcloud tiktok i don't remember <laughs> that i hate tiktok i have it on my phone and i won't open it it's like it's like a bill collector's call. Like I, I avoid yeah. calls. Like, but I'm still the person. Like I do this every time. Like I, I, I get reminded that I'm old every time I go to pick up my cousin Ariana. Shout mm -hmm. out to you, But she is of this generation of rappers, right? Yeah. She knows this generation of hip hop. I pull up to to to. To, to pick her up and I'm listening to Ice Cube. I'm listening to MC Light. I'm mm -hmm. listening to Tupac. I'm listening to, to Busta Rhymes. And she lives, but she's like, you so old. <laughs> <laughs> like she loves the music, but she's like, I always get my hip hop feel when I ride with you. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and no, you can't have the ox core. <laughs> do you think, and this is a question that I've thought about, you think that because of social media and TikTok, that regions have lost their their sound? Like if you think about it, like New York obviously has the um the drill going on and that's but everyone's doing it now but do you think that the regions are losing like their sound like in 05 to 15 when you heard something from the south it was you know you knew that 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 beat came from houston like you knew it that was houston chopped and screwed you knew that was the bay you knew that was new york you knew yes. that was Chicago. like i like it yes to answer your question yes absolutely and i think to emphasize the point on that, like it's kind of like how Ebonics just got sucked into now being called just internet culture. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're using AAVE actually in real yeah. life. We just called it Ebonics back in the day, back when we was in school. Yeah. Like, no, that's not what that is. But now because it's the culture, now because all the people do it on TikTok. All the people do it on Instagram. All the people are doing it on YouTube. Now it's just the internet's culture. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. So now that more people are getting famous 
from SoundCloud or from the internet or from TikTok than they are from being from their city. Mm-hmm. It's like now where they're from doesn't matter because we know you from TikTok. Yeah, that that is your city. Like you're like a free agent. I feel like sometimes like people they're like a, they're not necessarily representing where they come from, and I feel like that is such a big like making it out of somewhere or like putting your city on like literally is a huge topic and i feel like it doesn't get addressed as much anymore it's more or less i made it not we made it because it takes a it takes a village especially like somewhere in the midwest where i'm from kansas city we've been working so hard to develop a you know a community of hip-hop and if people start blowing up we got like sleazy world like sleazy world blew up but i'm not seeing like a you know of the world saying where's the next kansas city artist this is great it's just sleazy world you got big on tiktok but they're not saying what else is big in kansas city and to your point with this new this new uh generation of underground rappers that i'm discovering it's like i see all of these people come together on the internet like i don't know where any of these rappers are from i don't know like well like now i do now that i'm working with some of them but like i just like i don't like it's not necessarily about where they're from they're not oh like oh we from this hey we we from here it's like oh i'm just this person and you know i see them on instagram like i discover everybody on instagram yeah and it's like i like i like i don't even think people get discovered on soundcloud anymore like i think now it's tiktok I think it is mostly TikTok. Yeah, and so it's like, which for me, personally, as a rapper, it would probably be great for me if I were coming out as a rapper in this generation because I'm somebody who's more of a gypsy who isn't really tied down to a specific place, right? Mm-hmm. Now, people ask me where I'm from, I'm always going to say Fayetteville, North Carolina, 2-6, period. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, um, because that's where I came of age. I feel like that's where I developed as the person that I grew from into my thirties. Like, like, I yeah. feel like the person who, who stepped into their twenties was developed in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And so I feel like that was the real first establishment of like me having some sort of identity was discovered there. And so, um, I'll say I'm from there, but there's nothing that ties me to Fayetteville. Like I like 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 I don't live there now. I don't go visit. There's not anything that really ties me there now. So it's mm-hmm. like it's my hometown, but it's not necessarily you know home where the heart is. It's not that right. Um, but so I feel like it would be great for me because I am that kind of gypsy that would be like, yeah, I just came off the internet. Like, yeah, where'd you come from? Uh, SoundCloud. Yeah, everywhere. Literally, <laughs> I'm on <Where> Nipsey. <laughs> like, like, where are you from? Red Pill Matrix Avenue. Like, <laughs> like Morpheus so, Way. <laughs> right, Morpheus Way. <laughs> like, I live. Like, so, um, where are you from? Zion. Like, <laughs> yes. So, uh, so it makes perfect sense, but then it's like you do kind of lose that community identity of like where people are from, where that hometown is. And like, you know, and I kind of think in that same regard, we're losing like what made hip hop an identity for me personally, which is like writing your own lyrics and standing on that and being proud of that. And that being part of like the fabric and the job description of Mm -hmm. being a rapper. Um, This is, 
what I'm about to say is gonna sound real bitter. So excuse the next two minutes of what I'm getting ready to Let's say. Let's hear it. Um, I just, it doesn't make sense to me how people who don't write their lyrics are validated as rappers. Because if for me growing up in hip hop, that was the thing that solidified you as a rapper because singers were validated because they had voices. Mm-hmm. That was why they didn't have to write their own lyrics was because they had voices. So what made you unique and stand out and qualifiable and what made you qualified to rap is you wrote raps. Like that was like, like, the, like one plus one equals two. Like, right. like it didn't make sense to me. Like you being able to write raps and being able to deliver them was what made you a rapper. So it, so losing that, I don't like, where does, I, 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 I <sighs> Like, I feel like that episode of Spongebob when he forgot his name and like the entire thing was falling apart. Like, yes. <laughs> going on. Like, what is, like, what is... So to your point of like, we don't know where any of these rappers are from, so we don't know what identifies them or like what makes them, what influences them, what makes them unique as rappers. I feel that same way about them writing their lyrics because it's like, I don't know what what identifies you as a rapper. Like your lyrics were telling your story. You writing your rap was you telling your story. So yes. I don't know who these people are as rappers now because they just writing shit that other people say to them that works for 10 other rappers. I was There's literally about to say that everyone's in a chase to grab what the newest word is and, and build a song around it so that they can put it on TikTok and people can make videos with it. And you know what, don't, that's their hustle. That's what they're doing. That's genius. You're gonna go and capitalize on that. But I also think that it, I was in the studio and I did a song with a third verse and the, the producer was like, you got a third verse for this? I was like, yeah, I got a third verse for this. It's like, I'm not done with like what I wrote. And then it made me realize like, my songs have gotten shorter over time because of people's attention span. But like, sometimes people are like, yeah, third verse is not the best option here. Keep it short and simple. And I'm like, uh, I'm gonna put the third verse if I wrote it. You know what I mean? Right, like I wrote it, but I wrote it. Like we had this conversation when I was working on my album that that eventually turned into my mixtape. Um, and we had this conversation back in 2020 when I was doing this doing this project and I was like I'm specifically choosing beats that are three minutes and up mm -hmm. like I remember writing this to you and be like I am not doing a song that is under three minutes like I don't yep. know what it means like I don't know what that means like I don't mm -hmm. like I don't understand verses that are eight eight to ten bar like I don't understand like, what, what do you mean like I can't say my full name in eight bars like what are you mm -hmm. talking I'm just finished spelling out my name, Shorty. Like, what? Like, what? Like, what, what, what? <laughs> I just like I introduce myself in eight bars. What are we talking about? Yeah, that's the whole verse. Like, people are like people are releasing songs that are under two minutes long. What do you have? What What are you saying? I think a lot of that's chasing a vibe too, right? Like, when like this is a lot of the the studio culture now which it's some of it's really helped me write honestly is a lot of people will go in and they cook from scratch which to me has opened up a whole avenue like you go in the studio nothing written you just find your sample build your beat with your producer and then that's when the idea comes it, it i think it makes the most authentic like here's where it comes from and it allows you to open up some avenues that you don't you're not thinking twice about Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are punching in, which is cool too, because it helps them, right? But I think a lot of times, depending on where your headspace at and where your creativity is, you might be in the studio doing both of those things 
and you're like all right the ideas have run out let's move on to the next one so i feel like sometimes ideas aren't fully cooked if that makes sense but it sounds good for two minutes the beat slaps i got a good chorus i said something it qualifies as a song let's put it out and see that's crazy because i've done both of those things i've written I've written verses in real time because I have a producer friend who used to just like to challenge me because he liked just the way that I would write raps. So like he would just invite me over to come and like play beats and just be like, write to this, write mm -hmm. to that, write to this, write to that. And, and like he would just throw on shit and just 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 be like, throw me a verse to this. And I would just write in real time. But like, it's crazy because you know, we spoke about this back in the day. Like I write my raps for punch-ins because mm -hmm. I'm saying so much. Yeah. First, because I don't know how to be cute and just be like, ah, 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 which is cool for y'all. I ain't saying it's whack. I'm saying, I don't know how to do that. Right. That's well, I don't have. People think opinions are like attacks, but opinions are not attacks. Everyone has a fucking opinion. Like if anything, I'm being self-deprecating, being like, girl, I don't know how to do that. Like, I yeah. don't know anything but double time. That's just me. So, you know what I mean? So it's like I write for the punch in like like I write so that I can do 32 bars here and then pick up on the last bar with a whole new verse and go here. Like, like, so like I write for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But to me, those things shouldn't diminish the quality of the lyrics, if that makes sense. Because yep. I can, you know, you can throw me a verse and I'll still write some shit that's that's saying something. Just like just because people are writing something in real time doesn't mean that it's not like you like you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So it just confuses me because I'm like, well, where does that come from? Like, what? Like, is it? Like, is this? that generation of people who are just doing music for a bag and not really doing music for the love of music. So you don't actually study song structure. You don't actually study writing raps. You don't actually study, you know, formulating a verse. You just want to say some shit that sound hot in two minutes or less and catch a vibe and then catch a bag off of that. So then the quality of the music is trash. And, and then we wonder where y'all are at in three years. It's like, oh, y'all weren't doing anything of any real substance. That's yeah. why it, there's no like real replay value. That's why, as Beyonce, the great deity says, they, you know, throw out a single and it burns out and they put out a new one and they throw out a new one and it burns out and they put out a new one because you're not saying anything. And people right. say like, oh, not everything has to be so lyrical and not every da 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 da. But I guarantee you, you remember every word to monster. You remember every word to, um, to say what's real. From Drake, you remember every word to Nikki's verse from Monster 15 years later. Why? Yep. Because it was iconic and written well. <laughs> because it was iconic and it was written well. Yep. I guarantee you don't none of y'all know now word from Panda. And yeah, you just made me think about it. I was like, how does that oh. beat go? Panda. Panda. Okay, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> to my point to my point it's shit like that like it's like Tatiana for example that was a moment I have like two or three verses to Tatiana when I think, that I I think we remixed that song too <laughs> yeah like that beat was it yo but you can't name one bar of blue faces from Tatiana 
No. I can just think of how Cardi's like, Cardi. And she goes on. <laughs> but I can rap every word of You Can Do It from Ice Cube. Yeah. I know every word to How Do You Want It from Tupac. I know every word to Roughneck from MC Light. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's I just, absolutely understand. Like, it, like, it, like it, even down to more modern artists, we know every word of any Wayne song that comes on at any point in his career. Well, from I wanna... up until the Carter Six. Oh my God. I was, um, for my partner, I was literally playing Go DJ. And I was like, I know this song front to back still. Like, that's. It in 10 years and still know every word to Lollipop. Yo. Like. Or a Millie. Like, I wanna know if that song came out now, if a Millie would even have someone think twice about it. No. It's like at that time hit the same. Like I don't think it would hit the same. Like I just don't like I don't like like imagine if Busta Rhymes tried to put out Touch It today. I was literally listening to that song the other day and I was like, God, he does not get his flowers. He's not regarded as like as the elite MC that he was, just like Ludacris. People just think Ludacris is a goddamn actor. And I'm like, no. And still will slap a bitch in her face over Ludacris. People I don't understand physical fights over Ludacris. <laughs> like, His style and influence lives on today, and people don't fucking understand it. Like it blows my mind. I remember listening to the Chicken and Beer album on repeat, and like that album was like a pivotal, like building block of my childhood and like loving rap music. He yeah. brought he brought his personality into it and i think that he started out as a radio dj right so he knew that if i put my personality into what i'm saying that it's gonna be big i can be funny in the product that i'm creating everyone just wants to look hard now and he is he was out there showing us who Ludacris was which is why he will always be one of my top favorite artists i'm gonna say this because buster rhymes and Ludacris are both in my top five men and i say that all all the time you're in my top five men and Ludacris is a big inspiration on me and i'm gonna say this and the girls are gonna feel how they feel i don't give a fuck um you know how khalees says she was the first girl to scream on the track yep Ludacris was the first rapper to really inject hard personality and voices onto like these with and with with like lyrical stuff like like to me a lot of the girls give that onus to Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. And I love her for that. We we love Roman, Martha, all the girls, Queen Sleeves, Chun Lee, all y'all. We She took it to a 10. Like she went three theatrical with it. Ludacris yeah. is like, I'm gonna show you who I am. Yes. And, and I'm gonna I'll be funny. That was the first remnants of that for me. I feel like Ludacris was the first person to do that for me and then Nicki Minaj just took it to a whole nother thing and she made a whole movie off of the shit I feel like Ludacris was just giving you himself on a thousand mm-hmm. at all times and it was personality and it was voices and it was inflections and it was you know like it was structuring the flow and per- like it was just it was all of it like that was the first time I really felt like that like like Missy Buster Ludacris, like those rappers were really the ones that really formulated that for me. And then Nicki Missy's was the person who took it into like the super stratosphere. Missy's another one, complete genius that just people, I guarantee there's people that don't know who she is. The icon. See, this is 
that's gonna go back to us being old. Like I had a conversation the other day with somebody and I was playing Queen Latifah. And they were like, who is this? I was like, this is Queen Latifah. Like, and like, it was UNITY of all songs. The Queen Latifah song. Who you calling a bit like like it like it was the Queen Latifah song? So like they were like, who is this? I was like, it's Queen Latifah, and, and like they were living like, yes, who you calling a bit? Yes, <laughs> who is this? I was like, it's Queen Latifah. They was like, Queen Latifah rapped. I put them out of my car. I literally get out. Out of uh, 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 I was like, get out. Put down your Starbucks. Get, get out. <laughs> get out. Oh, if oh, I don't trust people that drink Starbucks. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't all the way trust people that drink Starbucks. Like, I don't get too close to people that drink Starbucks. My sister is the only exception, and that's just because she's my sister. And I, What's and your I, Starbucks, like, suspicions? What did Starbucks do to you? Starbucks people just always come off as real, like, elitist to me. Like, if, like, like when people find out that, like, you don't go to Starbucks, they look at you like you broke. I think they're addicted. <laughs> Like, like people who go to Starbucks give me like those people who like judge you for not having an iPhone. Yeah. Do you and not I have an iPhone? So don't come for me. But, but like, I'm not that person that looks at you funny when you have an Android to your face. Now I will say, <laughs> now I'm gonna go ahead and give full disclosure because this is real reality, realness. And I do, you know, like to give it up. I am the person, now I'm not gonna do it to your face because I think it's stupid, but I do catch myself all the time when I text somebody new and the bubble is green. Green, do, yes. Funny, I'm like. I'm like, I can't even send you a voice memo. That's fucked. Like what? <laughs> so we can't an emoji? Like I can't see like, like, so, so we can't play Able? I can't get in my car and have a- Apple AirPlay. Just go, CarPlay or whatever it is. Like that's not a thing for you. Ew. Ew. Oh. <laughs> I like that for you. I, I don't. Like I slightly catch myself feeling bad for people, but I don't judge you for not having an iPhone because if I could go back to having a BlackBerry today, I would. My God, the era that we got to come up with cell phones being like invented, like. Oh my work like I people look people will probably look at who I follow on Instagram and they think like I am the weirdest person on earth because all I follow is like the people who have been on the podcast like woodworking um (laughs) like you know these like woodworking channels I follow a, 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 a lot of tiny houses I love tiny houses child I love tiny homes and container homes a lot of tiny houses then it's like all of this like um just like um what were we just saying um uh we're talking about cell phones oh so like gadgets and shit like that like, like these historic cell phone yes. pages of like okay like all of these old historic cell phones and unboxing them it's like old like these old ass vintage tech and just like cats and pets like i'm that weirdo so people don't go and look at my follows. <laughs> I'm literally going to after this. That makes me think about like uh, NF. I'm not like a huge like NF fan, but he just put out a song um, called Motto. And that one of the verses he says, I miss thumbing through CDs. And I'm like, I do. I miss going to a store and buying that CD and taking it up to the front and them taking it out of the case and then 
you listening to it like you you would listen to a cd front to back you wouldn't just go and put on one song you would play it and then your friends would get in the car and be like have you heard this cd let's play it and it's like that i feel like that's really missing right now or having an ipod classic i would kill to have an ipod classic and hear that click wheel just like going oh man that brings back euphoria yeah yes my or car like, doesn't even have a CD player. Like, literally, my car does not have a CD player in it. I Well, I drive a 2001 Montero Sport, so. <laughs> they got the tape, the cassette too, doesn't it? But I drive it for that reason. Like, I yes. drive that car for that reason. Because I, like, I want the old school, like, like I want to feel like I did when I was growing up. So I want to drive the, the um, same truck that Lim was driving on Soul Food the series. Mm-hmm. Like I want that feeling, and so like I want an old hip hop truck, like, and yeah, like I just like it's weird because it's just like I, I, I like when Fye went out of business, you would have thought somebody died the way yes. I reacted. Like you would have thought experience. Did, like I like I felt the same like what well, what well, well, I ain't gonna say the same way because that's being a bit dramatic. <laughs> I am gonna say that like when Fye went out of business, I almost felt the same way that I did when Prince died. And like I have Prince's face tattooed on my body. Yeah. Like you think about it. Like you can go into these spots, right? I'm sorry if I cut you off. My bad. You can go into these spots and see someone looking at the same genre as you, right? You're gonna see that person, and you might have a conversation with them. Which it's people don't even talk no more. That's a whole other subject. But like, I would be like, "Did you get this CD? Have you heard this one?" Type. What do you think about it? And that might persuade me. Like someone at the store might persuade me to not get this. It might persuade me to get this. And a lot of that's missing right now of just the community. It's all stand culture. So it's not like if if you don't just eat, breathe, sleep this person, you're not even a fan. You don't belong here. And it's like, why y'all chasing this person's validation when you're on the internet, bro? Like go outside and talk to somebody. Prime example of that, once again, <laughs> y'all think I'd be really coming for, for the barbs and I really don't <laughs> barbs off y'all ass for real. Like love Nikki, but y'all barbs is or some other shit. But like, this is a prime example. Like people will sit here and send death threats to people over Nicki Minaj and she will sit in your face and roll her eyes at you when you ask her to sign you. Like, like who are you trying to impress? Who? That person does not actually care about you. They appreciate the support and they do like the community, but they're not gonna ride for you. $100 million, thank you for that. But at the end of the day, like them following you on Twitter is not validation to your existence, babe. Right. And that's, I mean, that's what a lot of people do. They'll tweet. I've seen it before or they'll follow, unfollow, follow, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. And I've even had it happen. And I'm, I used on my old Twitter before it got hacked. I only had like 6,000 followers and I would see someone follow me every single day and then unfollow. So I followed them back and immediately had a message saying, thank you for following me back. And it's like, I I don't know why people are chasing that. Like that validation is so weird to me. Just just be cool with yourself. And if they follow you back, dope, like sick, cool. Maybe they're gonna see what I say on the timeline, but I think people think if I'm friends with them and they follow me, they're gonna see what I do, and then that might be they're gonna magically call me up and be like, Yo, what you put on my timeline is amazing. Like, they don't see it from 300 other people, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, like for me, the only the only time that I get excited if someone follows me is if I haven't booked them on the podcast, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm one step closer. <laughs> like, yeah. because I, because I, I don't chase people to follow, but if people just discover my shit and follow me, I'm like, oh okay, well let me reach out to you to uh, come, to come on the show. Thank you for hey girl, what's up? Like. Mm-hmm. Not- where it's like people have seen my shit from people's stories or like you, you know whatever folks like sharing my show and I'm like oh well do you want to come on the show hi yeah like, never like I never feel validated when somebody follows me like down to my faves like I've had people you know like like prime example Erica Badu followed me on Twitter what? right I personally, within my own bubble, in my own little corner, in my own little chair, had a fucking stroke. Yeah. A straight out stroke. I had a stroke. (laughs) I'd never be the person to post a screenshot and be like, bitch, Erica Badufa, girl, what? Erica Badufa, what? I'm not that girl. Like, I'm not that. Like, that is weird to Uh me. Like, I'm Never be the person to be in my bio on Instagram, followed by Erica Badu, followed by Nicki Minaj. Oh yeah, that's that's weird. I have posted once. I know Tech Nine followed me on TikTok, and I was like, oh, well, you saw, you see what I've been doing. That's cool. And I was like, oh, I said, now follow me on Instagram too, because that's someone that is obtainable to me. I know him. You know what I mean? Like I've met him multiple times and worked, literally built his LED walls. So I was like, that's cool that he finally knows who I am. But other than that, like. I think if Kendrick followed me and I posted that, what am I proving? Like, that's just clout. It's just clout. What does that do? And to me, that just feels goofy. It feels goofy. It's Someone like, going to come to you and be like, yeah, so are you and Kendrick cool? It's like, hell no. Like, that guy just followed you on Instagram. He don't know you. <laughs> what are you talking know. about? Were you going to speak on his behalf now? Like, <laughs> what, he, like what is he going to sign you now? Like, what? Like, like, what is it? Like, like, what? Like, like, it's just like, now that's really trickled down into like reality TV culture with the housewives. I'm like, girl, if a housewives follow you, child, you, you, bitches think they famous because housewives follow them. I'm like, girl, Garcelle don't know you. <laughs> she not going to wish you happy birthday and post you on her feed. Like, she not going to invite you to Jax's birthday party. The fuck? I mean, like, she'll repost you if you tag her and you're promoting something that she's working on. Like, that's what that's for. Right, she followed you because you posted her book 37 times. Like, yes. Pay attention. Listen, Linda. Context. Context. <laughs> you're missing the point. <laughs> yeah, you're missing the whole point. It's like, yeah, I, 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 I'll follow you so that you can keep posting me so that I can keep getting this free prep. Yes, okay? it's exactly what it is. Thanks and you can validate what I'm trying to say if I need that validation. Let me post it. See, someone else is saying that I'm the best. I'm going to follow them so that I can keep seeing that they're saying I'm the best. So being that you've interacted with the girls in the industry, you've, you know, toured with Aja, had moments with the people of the people. And, and you know, you've been in the rooms and done the things of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, what level of industry is this subsection of mainstream that we're in versus like because people say that Hollywood is fake as fuck right it is it is all made up what like what like how much of that trickles down into the things that we're doing in the queer rap space in the underground space whatever like we consider all of those things to be 
because I don't want to like say something that comes off as like diminishing of all of the work that you put in. Mm-hmm. So it's like anybody who's considered to be, you know, whatever, whatever. How fake and how industry is that world? Even in the this world that we're in now. I think from what I've seen, um, a lot of the people, <clears throat> it's weird that would be doing like have less followers, less everything for Aja would be regarded as a better artist just because they had a record deal. And it's like, this person's pulling in more listeners and streams than you. It does not equal because you have a record deal and you owe someone money because they fund your projects. You know what I mean? So like, it's really fake. And on the press side of things, press and like clout does not mean you made it. If I put it on my EPK, yeah, I've been on Billboard or Paper Magazine. I've been in those things from stuff that I've written because it does, that's that fake clout. Like, and it is necessary when I'm trying to book myself on a pride show or get my project covered. Unless you know, like have a publicist that knows someone, they ain't even gonna post. Like I could be a publicist and I know that this project project that this person that I'm promoting is shit. But if I know this person and they're paying me, they're gonna write the article. You know what I mean? So like it's really it truly is in that world about who you know. Um I think the real creative frontier is what we're doing. Like the internet, um, people are, are the industry is going to steal from that every single time. So that's why whatever you're doing going forward, guard it with your life. Like make sure you got trademarked or something, because if they can take from you and replicate your idea, they're going to do it because they see this is where the real art is happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of Aja, cause I, <laughs> I'm bringing this up only just because I told somebody who has known me way back in the day mm-hmm. of this point that you were coming on the show. And they asked me straight up, so are you gonna ask about that? And I was like, well, I didn't plan to because we had had a conversation about it years ago. But the fact that somebody thought to ask me that did make me want to just say, well, maybe people, because there are people who listen to the podcast who have followed me all the way from back then up until now. Mm-hmm. And some people want to know, what the hell happened to the Haunted House remix? It just needs to be put together for all I know. I knew you were going to ask that when we got on here. I was not going to ask this. Like, I like because I was like, We've already talked about this like years ago. Mm-hmm. So I so like I was like, there's nothing I really need to ask. Plus I was like, well, that's your like and I and I work under a completely different stage name. So yeah. I'm like, who's who's putting the who's clicking those things together, right? Yeah. But the moment that I was like, guess who's gonna be on the show? Shiloh. It was like, bitch, is you gonna ask him about the haunted house remix? I was like, And that's you your right. That? I was like, really? I mean, if you think about it, though, it's like one of those things where, like, you put the work in and you were chosen for it. Why is it not out? Um, I agree with that. That obviously also is not in my wheelhouse as well. But some some stuff, I think, was interfering with it with just life at that time. But I think that it should see the light of day. Like, 100%, you killed that shit. Murdered it. Literally. Killed it and it became a haunted house. Please remind the people that I rap rap because once again now I'm the old bitch in the room. 
So I be having to send like, like, like the girls that I interview, they don't see me out here rapping. So they be like, oh, you rap? Oh, really? You be out here rapping? Like, oh, okay. So then I'll send them like an open verse challenge that I did like a year or two ago or like some old shit or like my mixtape. And they'll be like, oh, bitch, you, you out here, you want to do a song with me? And I'm like, no, bitch. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. But like, please remind them that I rap rap Cause like, this like, mind you, I like, this is back when, like I was one of the up and coming internet girls that I'm interviewing now. This is back when I was one of y'all. For all the girls <laughs> that listen, Juju, Ali, Jameer, um, Slick High, Canary, all y'all, all y'all children, pay attention. I, this, this, like, literally just met Shiloh off of the internet, like fan of the music, love what he did. I don't, I literally can't remember how we actually connected in real life. It had to have been just like through sending a DM, like, hey, what do you think about this or something like that? So like, interact. I sent you some shit and was like, so what do you think about this? Like, yeah. probably. And so like, we just have always just been cool. And then next thing you know, right? You send me this motherfucking thing. It was like, um, you need to do this. You need to do this. And I literally wake up out of my sleep and was like, oh shit, I'm two hours late. He sent me this two hours ago. Like, <laughs> let me go and write this verse real quick. Hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on text. Write it, record it, send it, boom. Next thing I know, I, I was like, that ain't enough. That ain't enough. Yeah. That ain't enough. So I write a second verse and I'm like, you know what? No, bitch, we, we, we finna go in because this was a real competition. Like, like, like there were rules and shit. Like, it, like, it, like, it, like, it, like, like, it was like, you know, you gotta get people to actually vote for you, tag you, you know, have the most likes on your shit. So I was out here like, oh no, bitch, what's better than one verse, two verses. Yeah. So we gonna write a second verse. Then, <laughs> And so shout out to Nadir who won the challenge with me because me and him are still really close to this day because of that. Like I met like I met so many people in the underground world because of that challenge. Like mm -hmm. I like I became friend. Shout out to um to um Jace. And you know, like I like 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 there are just so many people that I'm still cool with from doing that challenge. And like, do I wish that it would have came out? Absolutely, because mm -hmm. was a that was a look. Do you do you have it existing somewhere? I'm sure I could find it somewhere. Because I have email addresses on top of email address. I could probably still log into my 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 fucking Gmail from high school. Because I'm very co consistent with a. Well, I ain't gonna say that on mic. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was about to get myself hacked. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I'm sure that I could find them somewhere because I still have access to the email address that I was using at the time. I'm sure that I could find it somewhere um, in a Google Drive somewhere or something. I'm sure that it's somewhere. Yeah. Um, Put it on the internet. I'm not even playing with you. Put it on the fucking internet. If you can find the old. Um, I don't even know if the Instagram page that it, that it was posted on is still up, but if it is, I'm gonna go find it. But I'm definitely gonna find it again. Cause that, that I was so 
proud of those. That was a look for me. Like the the like life happens and the song didn't come. I wasn't really upset just because of like I know how the industry works. Yeah. So I was, you know, things happen, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Plus, I actually was like in communication with you guys. Like I actually mm-hmm. to Aja. Like I actually spoke to you on a very regular, but like we talked all the time. Yeah. So like it's not like I had no clue what was going on. Like, so you know, there's always that. But like that was one of my that was really one of my proudest moments. That's probably one of my proudest moments as a rapper. Is- that's crazy because I think that that's weird, not weird, but like you're such a talented artist. You know what I mean? And that's like one of the, the things is like you can ascend above that. But I also agree, like it should have came out. Like it definitely should have come out. There's there was some other stuff going on at that time. And I think it was a really, really rough patch for some people and that is one of the things that got lost in the wayside so i do i want to apologize that it never came out like i definitely think it should if you find it let's connect and see what we can do to get it out oh thank you i would definitely and figure that out um or just end up writing some new shit but uh, (laughs) knowing me i'll be like you know all you got to do is send it and i'll rap on it Oh, I appreciate you so much. Cause I, you know, I want to, I'm scared of music at this point. I'm genuinely scared of music at this point in my career because it seems like music was the thing that I worked the hardest on in my life. Mm-hmm. It was the thing that I got the least traction on. Like it's the, like, it's the content that I'm probably the most proud of. And I've done a lot of different things. Like I've created a lot of social awareness and activism content. I've created a whole lot of things that are based on, hold on one second. <laughs> you Sorry, child, I'm black parenting. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's been so many things that I'm proud of, but I feel like the music was the most authentic representation of who I was as a person. I think like music was really me being myself. And with mm-hmm. everything I've done, like my YouTube channels, like the different podcasts I've done, it's always been something that's with a message and for other people and that's bigger yeah. than me. And so with music, it was literally just me expressing myself and it feels like all the other doors are opening for me everywhere else. like like I feel like Adrian from from the real yeah because she had this same conversation on the real when she talked about why she stopped singing and she was like you know I hate my own voice I'm insecure about my own music and every door was opening for me but music mm-hmm. so if well well is this not what I'm supposed to be doing yeah or is it something that's just for me yeah like i feel like uh, okay so is rapping just something that i'm that i'm just supposed to do to myself like am i just supposed to do that as you know some side shit like because i go back and look at this the um stuff that i've done with rap like the haunted house remix like the mixtape that i've done like i even did a whole little era on tiktok where i would like take a word of the day from dictionary.com and write a whole verse around it that's dope thank you like the quarantine was a bitch for me and so rapping was how i got through it rapping was literally how i got through quarantine um so yeah like i was like doing shit like that and out and 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 that's the um, shit that i look back on and i'm like i fucking smoked that like i ate like, like that's the shit i'm the most proud of but it's the thing that i'm the most scared to return to like i 
I like I'm 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 literally scared to do music. It's a drug. It is a drug. The amount of money that I've spent in the the times that I've just consistently gone back to make more, it's financially it feels like an addiction that you yeah. have like your way it almost feels like you're wasting money sometimes as you're gonna make you're gonna go through here you're gonna actually pay someone to mix and master because i know that doesn't happen a lot and you're like gonna put it out and you're gonna get the 500 streams now you can't compare that cons- that success to a lot of people because a lot of people do pay for that now or they'll pay for a placement and then bots will do that which is cool and not i mean i'm just running my own race but it's like i put this out i put my heart on this and it makes you feel like, you know, when you are in a relationship, right? And you say, what's on your mind? Or I got to talk to you about how I'm feeling because it's really bothering me. And you're not getting a response back. That's what it feels like. You're putting your heart and your soul in the music and you're not getting listened to, like felt. You know what I mean? And you know it's dope. You know that someone that put out something that's going platinum doesn't even touch what the fuck you just made. And people don't even care because you you don't have the record deal you're not a million followers on instagram and you're like damn am i not an artist because we're consistently comparing ourselves to what success is in the industry and that's what people look at how how many followers do you have how many streams do you have on this oh i don't have that i'm not good as them period like 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 case in point when i was doing the um project that i had you do the verse for which once again Thank you for that. Always. Um, Cause I still have that. <laughs> like I still have that record. Um, yeah, like I, I like that project meant so fucking much to me. Like I put every like I feel like Miss Trunchbull. My blood, sweat, <laughs> and tears went into this case. Is that a Matilda reference? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Not leaving this table until you've eaten the entire confession. Like, yes. <laughs> That's how I felt because I was like, this is not like this mixtape wasn't for me this this, this this was for the culture this is for queer rappers this is for all of us like this is for the people and it just nothing it was it's it, it's heartbreaking and it's crazy because now that I'm doing other things people are randomly discovering that mixtape now and I'm like what where, where do does that come- live where can people listen to it, huh? Everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in like the I could go on Apple Apple Music right now and find it. Yeah. Are like, you I kidding probably- me? I did not even know this. And I listen to my, myself a lot because I think that I am dope. What's it fucking underneath? Um, it's under my real name, Jordan Renee. J-O-R-D-E-N. Renee is spelled R-A-N-A-E. And oh the mixing you. It is literally right here. Yeah, like it's it's been there. It's there. And so like when I remind people that I rap, like they like people have randomly discovered it and been like, yo, I didn't realize that was you. Like I was like, yeah, that's me. That's Let's me. Fucking go. Where's like, our song? Put that shit on here. I the only reason I it didn't go on at the time was because that entire mixtape is unmixed and unmastered. Because I literally like this was me doing this in the middle of quarantine, in the middle of COVID, in the middle of lockdown. Like I literally recorded that mixtape during 2020. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you were there. Yeah. Like, like, hey, you were right there with me. So like, um, 
by the time that it came for me to put it together and put it out, like it was really kind of like begrudgingly because I had a whole rollout planned. I had a whole situation in the mix. And like the guy who I was doing the mixtape with as far as like my engineer, my, my, my production and like all of that, he just kind of like fell off the face of the earth because of like life started life in and you know circumstances this circumstances started circumstancing so i never got a chance to get it mixed and mastered so what i did was just put together like he had like a rough mix on like some of the songs so mm -hmm. i took the songs that were the best quality and put them together and like we hadn't even gotten to our song yet so i literally just have your verse just sitting there just Will sitting you send that shit to me is it in our Instagram? I need to look because I need to hear this shit. You need to send it back to me. Because I remember like the content of what I was talking about. And I remember writing that feeling like this is how you show up and this is how you help being an ally as well in this space. Is like, like yes. I remember the conversations that we were having creating that record. Cause it was it was <laughs> the the it was the song that you were on is a derivative of another song that that ended up being on the project, but it was a song that it was basically a fuck you to the mainstream rap industry. It was like, yo, fuck you, we here, we we, we queer, and we rap better than you. So mm -hmm. like, and I remember you hearing that and like the verse you sent back, I was like, <sighs> yes. Well, I, Cause I you were the- to I asked to be on the project. Well, shit. Yeah, you were shit. the only person that I asked. You were the only feature on the project. And it was really because you were the only person that I was having real conversations with. Mm -hmm. And like, like you were really there for me during the creation of that project more than you know. Like I was going through that and like writing this project, my, my, my best friend had just committed suicide. Like I was grieving, I was coping. And you were the only person that like, were like willing to sit and have conversations with me about music and about me just like not fe feeling like everything I write is trash because I'm crying through everything. That's like, life though. I, I don't understand why people don't like connecting with other people around them. Like what's the point of life if you're not having meaningful like relationships that are more than just what can I get out of you? Like someone can hit me up like late last night and they sent me some pictures they took. I didn't even know they took these pictures at a show I did. And we ended up talking for like an hour, just like asking questions. I think people are thrown off by that. Like when someone takes the time to connect with you, I think that you also should take the time to connect with them, if that makes sense. Like if they feel comfortable enough to talk to you, let's talk. Like tell me your life story. I want to know. And I also feel like I have some weird affinity where people will just like, puke their life on me not like trauma dump but in there i feel like i make people comfortable enough to to speak about things that they're dealing with and i i find that really comforting that i can help at least share my experience of what things that i've realized because that's what we should be doing as people is sharing our experiences so that we can either learn from them or come to to ways that we can grow from them you know what i mean so yeah. anyone wants to hit me up i will literally talk to you and i will if you are a musician I literally, and I don't want to say this out loud, but I will. Um, if I fuck with it, I don't charge either. Um, because I think that it's important. You don't know who you're going to work with that could literally just surpass you at any point. You know what I mean? Like, I think people will look at, look at them. They'll be like, oh, they're going to try to use me for fuck that. If the music's dope, let's fucking do it. And if you get big, good for you. 
I don't I don't want nothing from you. I don't own nothing. You know what I mean? Like I just want to make good art. And if it gives you something that's a means to your success, take it and run with it. For sure. Y'all hit him up because for me, I'm a little scared too because I know myself and I am so not that it's not that it's anything weird. It's just that have you ever seen the movie Why Did I Get Married? I don't think I have. Well, there's a part in the movie, and for the girls who who have seen it, for all for the Jill Scott fans, y'all y'all know what I'm talking about. There's a part in the movie where she um, she was scared to become attracted to the guy that she ended up. Um, um, she was scared to be friends with the guy who was being nice to her after her husband left her because she was like, well, I'm scared to become, you know, attracted to you because of the hero syndrome. Mm -hmm. And for me, for me personally, I am, I almost feel like I'm way too attracted to you to confide in you. What you got? Huh? What you got? (laughs) Listen, because like I'm one of those people who like will I will conflate the two because mm-hmm. I'm like oh you're so nice and you're also really fucking hot and I also really <laughs> and I love your mustache oh my god I'm like but, yeah, so it's like I so I'm like I'm scared that I will like go way off into a whole new new direction yeah. But, I don't think I've ever been that forward on this podcast before. That's awkward. I just forgot that we were recording this. <laughs> You're good. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. That's a real thing, though. And no one can knock you for being real. Who gives a fuck? People are attracted to other people. Who cares? Who cares? I think I just forget that I'm a real person half of the time because this platform is like me to like be in other people's business, which which has not really happened on this podcast because we just got on and started talking and I just said, fuck the questions. So, <laughs> which is the type of conversations that I love on this show is when yeah. like, we just kind of like just flow and just like let, let, let the shit go. And then we realize, oh, we've been talking for an hour and a half. I guess we should wrap it up now. It's cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't, like, I for, like, because here's the thing. I'm an open book to a fault. Mm-hmm, same. Like, I'm very open about talking about things, and I'm very open about just telling my um story and, like, talking about things. And I talk about my life in very, like, casual and cavalier ways. And, like, I'll be opening up about trauma. And, like, people will be like, how are you so calm about that? And I'm like, I mean, I've lived seven out of nine lives at this point. Like... Yeah. I've kind of just learned how to just cope and deal with trauma every day. <laughs> well, people also bury, they bury that stuff and they don't address it. And I feel like people like us that aren't afraid to talk about it, we address it with ourselves as well. Instead of not thinking about it, it's like, we think about why did this happen? You know what I mean? Like, this is why it is the way it is. And then we share because someone else might be going through that and it helps us to talk about it. You know what I mean? That's healing. That's what it is. For sure, and like diving deeper into that, that's that's that, that, that's one of the reasons why I like never admit that I'm attracted to people is because like once you do, it always gets weird for me. Like it, like it, like like it's, like it's always like oh, oh okay. That's because people equate right. attractiveness to fucking, and I don't know why. Like people will think immediately, oh you're you're hot or whatever. 
you can subjectively say someone is good looking and it doesn't mean you want to fuck them like what are you talking about i mean if someone wants to fuck me cool that's great that actually helps my ego i don't give a fuck like you can say like yeah i would i'll be like god damn you would absolutely but also you can say that without saying it's gonna happen like it doesn't mean you can't talk about it. you know what i mean like people are so weird so weird. yeah people are weird and you can't find people who can have those conversations very often so it's like some i've just learned to just keep a lot of shit to myself because i'm like i just i just people are weird and the weirdness be weird out here and i'm like bro like i'm not even like on that real sexual type of time like yeah I'm, like i'm more demisexual than anything but i do but like i am i'm attracted to who i'm attracted to anyway you good <laughs> like, long story short now that we're done talking about my weirdness What has been your proudest moment as an artist so far? Proudest moment. That is crazy. You know, I always think about just calling back to the times when I was on tour and seeing people react to the music. So probably that touring phase was the proudest, but I've also been, excuse me, the most proud of the music that I've been making in the last two years. Mm. So for me, I guess I could say and I think about this now and I'm realizing it's a great question. Maybe the proudest I've been is that I've picked myself back up at COVID ruined a lot of things. Like it literally was in Australia with Aja and they said, we got to get you on a plane. They're about to shut the United States down. And I was in LA. I had a company that agreed to, to produce a music video for a song for $15,000 and use it as a campaign. And then they took it away because of COVID. They had to shut down. And so like COVID fucked with my uh momentum for sure and i that was one of those moments where i felt like maybe this isn't it like if it would have happened it would have happened but i came back home after la to back to kansas city and i was like fuck it i'm just gonna do it and i'm gonna do me and if it happens it happens but like i realized that i do this because i love it not because i want to get somewhere so maybe i'm proud of myself for not quitting that's probably my proudest moment I absolutely love that. I think for me, I kind of fell off of music, one, because of trauma, because the person who encouraged me to do music, who was also my platonic soulmate, my, my a best friend and, you know, my drag partner, mm-hmm. um, they died. And then, you know, I just kind of lost purpose for doing a lot of things because I felt like that was the only person that truly believed in me. Yeah. You know I mean? So like, it was like, okay, well, damn, like, well, who's gonna be proud of me now like why am i doing this like i like did it because somebody convinced me that i was talented enough to do it but that person didn't even feel me worthy enough to stick around for so it was like well why and that's really deep too and it sounds like you kind of like you your validation like your whole support system was there and i i get that and it makes you look in the mirror and realize you did it because you have the talent and you're the one that should be fulfilling what you're doing and you're doing that now with other projects so i wouldn't look like music that's why i said before you start recording music will always be there for you and obviously is a big part of your life and when you heal from that trauma music's gonna be like all right let's fucking go like let's let's write some goddamn lyrics let's go and let's put this beat together and let's 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 do this and that's you you're the one that that wrote that right you're the one that made 
that art that someone else was like damn this is good you can do it because you're showing you can do it that lies in you and that doesn't lie in anyone else and i think a lot of people don't get that is that you do something because it fulfills who you are yeah and i think that mixtape is so bittersweet for me because it was the only thing i had to grieve during that process like it was literally like i just didn't know what else to do like mm-hmm. it was the only thing that made like i like like when that happened i literally didn't get out of bed for three months like i literally just shut down from the entire world for three months and then i ended up um you know coming outside and doing things or whatever and music was the only thing that made me feel like a person it was the only thing that made me feel like like i had a pulse yeah and writing that project became the only thing i had to distract me from and distract is in huge air quotes but distract me from thinking about that Mm -hmm. like like it was the only way that i could like and what's crazy is the first song i wrote for that project was a dedication to my best friend yeah sometimes a moment like that can spark a whole creative outlet like 100 percent. and i i think about that as well as like music is missing some motivation like this and that's what I, i'm glad we're able to tie this back in is like that's what's missing is a real motivation why are you doing music yeah i you wrote that you wrote that first song because something happened in your life and you had to talk about it to get it out so that you could attempt to feel better or start on that journey of feeling better and it's like when you get in the studio like some people are just like what are you what's your motivation i just want to make a dope song okay you might make a dope song but are you going to connect with someone you know what i mean like Um, and you know it's crazy because i've i wrote that first song and i couldn't even like i've never even recorded that song i couldn't do it i can't like i'm trying not to sorry i uh, I, that, I, uh, that's like, I, oh, sorry. Um, I could Don't not. need to apologize. Yeah. I could not. Like, I can't, like, I still can't to this day. Like, I, that's, that's, yeah. But I say that to say it was a suggestion because it was something that somebody suggested to me to try to get through it. They were like, well, you made music because that person inspired you to do it again. They, you know, heard you rapping for no reason and just inspired you to do it. So why don't you do it for them? And so that project became really bittersweet for me because it was like, yeah, this is a love letter to the queer community. Yeah, this is a message and a love letter to queer people of color, but I'm doing it to, fulfill a promise to somebody like mm-hmm. I put out a project and I did you know like he died in the very first stages of that album coming together like he like like he was the first person to hear all of those lyrics yeah you know and, and so it was like maybe if I put that out it'll be my way of like paying a tribute or doing something in you know it was my way of like fulfilling a last wish or something like I like 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 I don't know but you were healing you're trying to heal I was trying and clearly I haven't but um (laughs) but um after that like I wrote a whole EP to follow that up 
And I never recorded it. I never, you know, went back into the studio again because it was just, it was traumatizing. Like, I just, like, for a long time listening to that project, I couldn't listen to it. It was painful to listen to it because it was just like, how can I do that? Like, I just cannot. Like, knowing I was sitting, like, knowing where I was when I wrote those lyrics, I was sitting in this person's house. I was sitting in this person's bed. I remember rapping these lyrics for this person for the first time. I remember this person, like, helping me choose the artwork and choose the color schemes. And, like, just even looking at the artwork freaks me out because, like, part of the artwork is I'm wearing the necklace that that person gave me mm -hmm. like also like this feather in my hair is from that necklace like it's quick like it just all it's just much too much just like yeah. i've never been drag again since then i haven't done music since then for real and like not for real like i thought maybe me doing those word of the day verses on when I'm TikTok would like kind of ease my soul or, you know, me doing those open verse challenges would, you know, be a way for me to step back into it because music was there before Alex was. So I thought maybe I could go back to music even if I never go back to drag. Right. Um, but I'm too scared, Joe. I'm too scared. And it's not even about fear of rejection. It's just, what do I have to say? Like, what do I, like, what, like, what purpose do I have is because now I've gotten to a point where I'm so unbothered and I just don't give a fuck about shit. Right. Now, now I'm at a point to where now it's like, now I just care about protecting my peace and creating great art. But I don't like, like I'm not materialistic. I, I'm a huge minimalist. Like I, like I'm not one that validates myself by being better than other people. Mm -hmm. So what do I have to rap about? What is today's society gonna connect to when it comes to my music? Do you think all those things could be like coping mechanisms? Like Maybe. being a minimalist and like all that to close yourself off from being hurt again? Not trying to have a therapy session right now, but no, please. We 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 absolutely can. If anybody's gonna do it, I would rather it be you. Since you were there for a lot of this happening. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like I totally think me being a recluse is like I like I don't leave my house unless I have to mm -hmm. like never leave my home and that's really part of the reason I don't connect to people because of that I don't invest in you know deep connections and friendships with people I don't make new friends I don't um you know have a like like, like I don't have a real connection with anyone I don't mm -hmm. Like, I'm really, like, like, I was just having this conversation with my sister last night. Like, I'm real industry with everybody now. Because, yeah. you know. Keep it surface level. Keep it real surface. One, because of that. Because, like, the last time I truly, like, gave myself to somebody, and not even in a romantic way, because we never, like, it, like, 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 it was never anything like that. Like, that's just truly, like, my best friend in the entire world. Like, literal platonic soulmate. Mm -hmm. but like that person knew me better than anyone in the world I've never been understood like that I've never been nurtured like that I've never felt safe like that with anybody in the world and I don't and to know that that's how that relationship ended I could 
I, I don't know if I could ever open up like that again. So it has caused me to shut myself off from the world. I was already pretty reclusive. I was already, you know, like if I wasn't at my house, I was at Alex's house. So like yeah. I never really went anywhere. But if I did, I was somewhere with Alex or like we were out working doing drag. But like even now, like I don't go anywhere. Like I may go to a grocery store if I have to. Like I leave my house because I have to. Not because, oh, I just feel like going to the store. Oh, I just feel like going and driving. Oh, I'm, you know, da 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 da. Like, I don't, like, I'm very reclusive. You know, like, my, in my, the, the, the majority of my social interaction with human beings are these interviews. Mm -hmm. This is how I interact with people. Girl, you need to get outside for sure. This is how I, this is how I interact with people is doing this podcast yeah like i do these interviews two to three times a day seven days a week um today and tomorrow i've got four four interviews each day that but that's because i'm stockpiling for the thing that i told you about that i'm doing mm -hmm. um, so that when i start that i can pull back and focus on that but um but like yeah i do this seven days a week you know i put out new new shows five days a week monday through friday it's a talk show so like i take up my time and i fill my time with doing this i start productions i i you know host three podcasts i raise an eight-year-old i you know watch a lot of youtube and then on top of that it wasn't really hard for me to get into this place because i grew up a latchkey kid and i grew up as an only child like i'm mm -hmm. the youngest of nine kids but i grew up by myself yeah so I already grew up being my own best friend because I spent so much time by myself as a kid. Falling into this place was really easy for me. It was just trauma that tripped and pushed me here as an adult. Yeah. Well, I know that you're you're like comfortable and you're you're putting your you're putting that feeling into making these things that you're making, right? But going outside could lead to seeing the world if if that makes sense. You know what I mean? The bigger picture thing, like getting back outside might help you feel like part of the bigger picture as well mm. you know not being stuck like being stuck where you're at and like being able to address it because look that shit moving on from that shit is not easy it's gonna be hard no matter what but you can't hide inside your whole life to either you might be you might be starving yourself of interact those interactions that could help be on that same level as the one that you had without you know what i mean so i, I hope that you get to that point where you feel like you can have that connection again and open up yourself to being able to have those relationships. I know you can do it. I appreciate that. Um, I think, you know, who knows if it happens, it happens. I do have a few connections with people like you um, that, you know, allow me to have those vulnerable moments and be a person like I mm -hmm. didn't expect conversation to happen but um but I'm glad it did you know like I, I love having real conversations with with people and really having authentic talks and I think that that means the most to me I just don't get to do it often because I'm 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 working scared. and you're working yeah. all the time you know. I, I will, yeah like I'm you know working all the time and you know I don't attach my own vulnerability to my life story anymore like I mm -hmm. like I like when I talk about, you know, the things that I've been through in my life, it's almost like, what? well, well, that was a past life, it's over. Like, it's not now, you know, so it's then. Mm -hmm. So I can just talk, so I can just talk about it like it was a scene I saw in a movie one time. Yeah. People are like, how do you do that? Like, like 
how do you talk about the things that you've been like because people like I think when people realize the extent of trauma that I carry in my life, they expect me to be a much more introverted ambivert. Yeah, no, that <laughs> because, makes sense. Like closed off. Yeah, like they expect me to be more closed off than I am. But like people don't realize like the only way that I'm able to function as a human being is doing the creative projects that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it's hard because in my real life, in my real life off camera, off the mic she's in her own little corner in her own little chair minding dine's own business (laughs) shutting the fuck up (laughs) Uh, i'm sitting here scrolling on youtube watching wheel of fortune daytime from the 80s (laughs) like i'm watching people build tiny houses and revert and try refurbish school buses to live in yeah that's my stilo like i'm not out here on the internet with you bitches i'm not so like but people think i'm a lot more extroverted than i am because of the things that i do and i'm like that but that's a part of the thing like i've all i don't know how to do anything else but entertain right all i've ever done from growing up as a dancer to making music to being an actor to you know being to like wanting to be a broadcaster like i grew up thinking you know well i'll start my career being a backup dancer for janet jackson but then i'll transition to when aj and free leave 106 and park i'll take over his slot and then i'll start doing You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to be, you know, on E! News. And then when Terrence J got it, like, uh, I was like, see, Black people can be on E! News. I told you. Like, like I've always seen those things. Like, I want to be like, like the male Angie Martinez. Mm -hmm. So, like, so, like, like, I've always seen my life going in these trajectories, even though trauma has really stifled me from being a person in my real life. It's like, my creativity is the only way that I'm able to function as a somewhat normal looking Mm -hmm. human. Because on the outside, people think I'm cool out here. People think I am so chill and so unbothered. And and I am, I I generally am, like I am pretty chill and unbothered, but that's because, you know, I just moisturize and mind my damn business. (laughs) Drink a lot of water. out of water I moisturize and I mind my damn business but you know the reason why I got to this place is because I used to be outside like 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 I really used to be outside outside you know what mm-hmm. I mean but with all the shit that I've been through it's kind of led me to pull further back than I think people realize that I've actually pulled back like I think because I do this podcast and I talk to people every single day and I'm you know doing all of these things people think that because I'm on the internet that I'm outside yeah well, and that is that, outside now. That's being outside now. People think that because I'm on Instagram, which really Brian K. James is on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am not on Instagram. Brian is on Instagram. So yeah. like people think I'm outside and I'm like, I'm on Instagram in my room with my dogs, mm-hmm. my business, listening to Stilo by 702. <laughs> Like what you mean outside where? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. We're but, outside inside. <laughs> I'm inside the outside. Exactly. But, but yeah, like in that thought process, 
Like, how are you protecting your peace nowadays? Yeah, that's actually been something that I've been dealing with a lot. I used to feel like everyone's sadness I could fix. You know what I mean? I used to want to be like a fixer person for sure. Not a hero. I just wanted to help. I don't want to be a hero where I I hate. It's really hard for me to get recognition too because I don't know why. I'm just like, I'm just, I don't feel like sometimes I deserve it. But I, I think realizing that I can't make everyone happy and uh, protecting my peace also means staying off social media sometimes as much as possible because those algorithms feed you the most negative content that you can possibly see and then it helps you form opinions about the world that aren't true because those people aren't even around you and those people use that social media to put their negative thoughts out and so you realize it's just a negative loop that you're stuck in and so honestly getting off of social media as much as possible I'm with you on that. Um, how do you think your personal experiences from the beginning of your career to now has contributed to the elevation of your creativity as an artist? My personal experiences, who? Um, I think as far as the things that I've seen, um, I think it allows me to look at the bigger picture as well of like when we we started talked about you know it's not even about the music it's about how you promote yourself um i think experiences within the career there's a lot of people that didn't want me to be on tour with aja and with within her camp as well that was like why are you doing this like why are you taking him with you um i think that staying true and having a vision and fucking it like saying fuck you to everyone else it just like makes you feel all right at the end of the day if you're doing what everyone else thinks you should be doing like then you're not going to elevate you're going to elevate them so that's possibly the best answer i can come up with. like just staying true to the people that have fought for you and you fighting for them i think is like the most rewarding thing so that has helped me elevate is you know staying down for like the people who have been down for me and you need that in this industry you definitely need that you fuck with someone you fuck with them like and, and people are so quick to cut ties like no you need to fuck with them when it comes time to actually fuck with them too absolutely like like if i were were to actually pick up music today there would only be a very small amount of people i would call mm-hmm. i would be you and i would be calling dear yeah that's it those are the only people who i would feel safe enough to even bother to do music with like and don't get me wrong like there's a lot of the newer artists that i'm working with that like that i've done you know shows with who have you know come come on the pod or whatever who you know want me to do songs with them i'll do songs with them but like as far as like creating music for myself Mm -hmm. like i'll somebody's song sure i'll jump on have fun do a track because i write all the time i'm always yeah. right like i'm always like my pen <laughs> my pen is still penning let's, let's be clear it is not running out of ink yet <laughs> she's not active but she's <laughs> penning okay the ink ain't ran out it's but a fine I, ballpoint <laughs> a fine ballpoint a very fine honey we are here doing quills and calligraphy <laughs> 
don't play with it, don't play with it. But um, but like I'll pop out to do stuff on, you know, people's records if they ask me to do it, sure. But as far as creating music for myself, I feel like because it's been the space that's been the most personal for me, it's the space that I'm the most hesitant to walk back into. Like in everywhere else that I'm walking to, I'm like, okay, well, well it's not about me. Doing this podcast is not about me. It's about you. You know, it's about y'all. It's about what y'all got going on. It's about what y'all are doing. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I don't have to come on here and be really vulnerable unless I have a guest that actually knows me or that cares enough to ask me, you know, questions and then we go there. But right. I, but those but those instances are always kind of not left field. That's a bit extreme, but um, surprising for me because I I never expect anybody to think about asking me anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, when it comes to music, it's like, oh, now I have to focus on myself. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, hell, shit, that got real. (laughs) That got real. Like, whoa, we're here now. We We are are here. Absolutely. I think at this point in... (laughs) Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was like, wait, I lost your face for a second. But um, at this point in your career, what do you think is your end goal? Like, where do you want music to take you at this point in your life? Um, yeah, that's a that's a great fucking question. I think for me, I think that for me to be like okay with leaving this is seeing. Like, I always have a vision of, I want to accomplish what I was able to accomplish with Aja by myself, too, if that makes sense. Like, I want to prove to myself that it wasn't just because I had Aja cosign and she took me, like, she would always tell me, she's like, you don't realize what you contribute to this and, like, what you bring to the table. And it was true. Like, I didn't realize a lot of the stuff that I did bring. And I want to show the world that I can bring those same things with with being me if that makes sense so i think that is like success for me would be to be able to build a platform similar to one that i was able to benefit from because i did benefit from that that situation with aja tenfold right so being able to replicate the same success and know that it was because of things that i contributed to as well so that's probably what what would be success for me okay um what do you think at this point now that you've experienced both because i consider the things that you've done in your career success at this point um whether people agree with it or not i i I think you've done huge shit in your career you've literally been around the world and i yeah yeah now that you've experienced both at this point Going forward, what do you think scares you most, success or failure? I think that as artists, anytime we put something out and it doesn't become some giant hit, we see thing that as a failure, right? Like, so success, definitely. I know that is the scariest thing. It's like you want to be successful, but would it ruin my son's life? Would it ruin my marriage? Would it do these things that that could set my family up to not be successful so that's like one of those old old person things you think about like being successful and what you're doing is great 
but does it set everyone else around you up for success as well? So yeah, I think success is more scary than failure because we failed. We know what it feels like to be on the ground. You know what I mean? Like, I know what it feels like to sleep on a concrete floor, um, being successful and then having to maintain that success is the scariest thing. I absolutely agree with that. And I think that that probably plays a little bit a part of like my hesitation going back to music. It's like, yeah, I'm scared of it. Yeah, all the things that go into it. But it's like, I like, I would have to find that same comfortability not being famous or not being the biggest in music that I have now in podcasting and in content creation and in the new projects that I'm going into. Um, I don't have to be like the number one person in the room to feel success yeah. in the thing I'm doing at this point. Um, but I feel like in music, there's this stigma of like, you have to do this, 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 this in order to be looked at as you do music, which is part of the reason why I'm doing the project that I'm doing that I um, told you about before before we started is because I want to kind of change the stigma of that as well but yeah I think that because I'm not like I don't talk about shit that that these other people are talking about so I feel like you know I have to find the comfortability in doing music for me mm -hmm. before I can do music again in a real capacity I think that, that that's why I'm able to you know pop out and do a verse for some for another person talk some shit on a record real quick you know the draw up a gem on your song real quick but i can't do my own music is because it's like i don't i don't know how to write music for me that does, does that make sense yeah like all of my music is for a bigger purpose it's for you know i'm speaking for somebody i'm speaking for for the greater picture i'm trying to give a message there's like there's something very specific that i'm trying to say but like with everything else that I'm doing, I've kind of found a balance in, yeah, this is for me and I get personal satisfaction out of this and it happens to be bigger than me and it happens to, you know, give a platform to other people and it happens to be great for other people as well. But I also personally get immense satisfaction out of the work that I do now. So I would have to find that in music because that shit is, like, I feel like if you don't have that, it's like, what's the point? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people operating on that now that that don't have the point and they're still doing something successful with it. You know what I mean? So it's it's a weird space to be in with making this, but you'll find it. I know you will. Aww. Well, if you say so, if you yeah. say so, I'll believe you because I changed your word. Um, what makes a perfect song to you? I think it does have to be catchy. Okay. I don't care how abstract you get. Sometimes abstract is so dope to me, but it has to have something that sticks in your head. It whether it be like inception and you're planning an idea. Uh that's a good song to me. It makes you think, it makes you talk. I don't care if that talk is this shit is catchy as hell, what the fuck? Or it's yeah. wow, this made me think about this emotion that I had. That's a good song. If I listen to it and I'm like, I didn't connect to this, it's not that it's a bad song, but it's not a good song for me, if that makes sense. Because I feel like I have music on all the time. I need to be connecting to that music. It makes me want to go run through a wall when I hear this song. You know what I mean? Like, that's a good song. Mm -hmm. 
for sure. Getting into you as an artist, what's one song of yours that would instantly allow my audience to get to know you as an artist? Ooh, that's rough. That's a rough question. I did not expect that. I mean, I could give a couple, like, because I think with me, there's a lot of different uh, tastes or it's like a buffet with me sometimes. Like I can do, you know, one style and switch it up. But if it was to get to know me and what I stand for, there's a song called Different that I did. Um, and it's really just an anthem of like, you know, the course literally says I'm a little bit different, but I can't stop until this world you know gets my vision like i can't stop until the world sees what i see so different's a good one but if you want to look at like my ability to write a hit because i think i can definitely fucking do that and i've been doing that um on my new album i have a couple songs and there's a song called nah which it's polarizing people either like what the fuck is this or like no this is amazing song yeah. called nah. it's like it is a polarizing look at like all my influences and what drives me to make music in one it's like literally like a club song but also like a banger it's it's really hard to explain and people are like i don't know if i connect with the lyrics and that that's a good song to me because people are talking about it you know i'll do these tiktok lives where i'll submit a song and we'll play it and they'll be like you know i don't know if i agreed with this part but they didn't say anything about the 32 other people that they listened to before me they started listening and they were talking and that's like that's a good song to me is something that generates conversation so uh different to just see like what i stand for nah to see the creativity and then encapsulating everything that i've done there's this song called uh rain boy off of nublado and that that song talks about just like that's a story like that's a story and I think story writing capability, I would say Rainboy. So different for what I stand for, nah for what the fuck I'm capable of, and Rainboy for my ability to share my emotions. We'll say that. So that's three. I couldn't just do one. I absolutely love that. That's perfect. Um, what was your first 16 bars about? The first I ever did? Mm-hmm. Uh I got asked by my friend's brother to write a song about throwing some money. So I wrote a song about stuffing dollar bills in a mattress. <laughs> it's it's sad to say um, that the first time, well, that's the first time I recorded. Here we go. First time I ever wrote a rap was about how I was falling in love with somebody. So I contribute a lot of like my music as a way to voice my feelings about how I feel about people. So first 16 was about falling in love. Aww. that I wrote didn't record it obviously the first thing I recorded was about throwing some money that I did not have so <laughs> I love that so with your extensive catalog and your plethora of experience in the industry mm -hmm. what's the realest thing you've written to date mm. we'll go back to Rain Boy I will say that's the realest because when I was on the road I was dealing with so much shit and that goes back to Haunted House time um that I almost lost like my relationship through that situation. And it's like such a big story. I was like, I don't even need to tell it, but like I wrote that song because I needed to write it to save myself in that moment, if that makes sense. So Rain Boy is about fighting for, for something and 
trying to put into words so yeah that's the realest song i ever wrote because i didn't know if i was gonna make it out you know what i mean like i didn't know what was gonna happen when i came back home off tour if it was still gonna be like the life that i had or not so i wrote that song wow yo who's in shiloh's top five i knew you were gonna ask this question too of course it's the hip-hop question I don't have a particular order, but I'll think about the people that I listen to. Um, I'm going to say Ludacris, obviously, because we were talking about that. That's one. I just like every other hip hop fan should be Kendrick. Um, This controversial, but for what they've contributed to hip hop, Kanye. Um, I mean, I don't agree with a lot of things that he said. Some of the stuff he says is real and it's right. But a lot of other stuff, I'm like, I, I hate that we consistently push someone in the, into the media that would rather need help or like someone to help him with what he's going through instead of just capitalizing off of something he's dealing with it's fucked up to me um ah, that's so hard i my first rap artist I ever got into was literally tupac um mm-hmm. growing up i had a tupac cassette and then okay. my final one i'm gonna say tech nine so Tech Nine is a rapper from Kansas City. He was like, for the longest time, he built everything from scratch, you know? He was like the leading independent artist. And I think that he really instilled the thought, he's from Kansas City, but he instilled the thought into me that like, you can be from the middle of nowhere and you can make something. And so that I always looked at that as like a, a inspirational thing. Like if he could do it, I can do it. So I would definitely say Ludacris, Tech Nine, Kendrick, Tupac. And then I don't remember who the last one was again. But it don't matter. I said it, and and that can change. And oh, Kanye. Oh yeah, probably one of those boring ones. But uh, yeah. I think they also encapsulate what my sound is too. I think very much like you can find versions of those people in everything I do. Okay, I totally dig that. Um, what are your thoughts on the current state of hip hop? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm not gonna say anything like super crazy here. I think that go for it. Talk I, your shit. No, I but think no. that it's the most popular type of music in the world right now. And when something's that popular, the focus is on money and power, not on art. And that's fine. At least more people are listening to it and maybe it will inspire the next generation of like art. You know what I mean? Like I've seen so many conversations about how people are saying like J. Cole's talking about retiring. It's like, watch this man's whole career. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, who's going to replace these people? There will always be people that will replace them. But I hope that people don't realize that like these people help build it to what it is, the popularity and and those people need their flowers, but also people need to fill that space when it's gone or else it's going to become a pop music, You, you know, it'll be pop music where it's just like who's gonna write the top 40 hit and then we're moving on we're not fostering the art around it and continuing to push it forward as a genre i completely agree with that i completely agree with that if you could change anything about hip-hop or about the music industry as a whole with the snap of a finger what would be the first thing that you would change no hesitation queer artists um being able to be accepted i think that there's a lot of people that steal from queer culture especially trans women and you know the things that they have built and i think that 
the recognition from the industry that a lot of the things that we have come from trans women um i think would be the biggest thing that i would change hip hop is queer like people don't understand it like hip hop is queer as hell the culture that surrounds it everything about it comes from queer people so of color especially that's the most important thing is queer people of color built built it they continue to pioneer it and then your favorite artist wouldn't have nothing if it wasn't for trans women so that's that's probably my biggest hot take there for sure what keeps you up at night money bills uh making sure that i am being a good husband and and, and uh, a father i think that's a big big transition for me now is making sure that tomorrow i got to be the strongest person in the room for two people at all times you know what i mean so that keeps me up i dig that Child, don't I? Child, I know I did you. What do you want? You know what? Before I ask you that, how will Shiloh's music change the industry? I don't know if it'll change it. Well, you know what? Let's just be confident. It'll change it because I want people to realize it's okay to be fucking weird and take take risks. I think a lot of people will hear something and try to recreate it because that's the sound that everyone's chasing, but like continuously stand outside of that. And I want people to make the weirdest possible shit that they can possibly make like that. I know I said possibly twice, but like I want to show that music doesn't have to be serious all the time. And I'm not saying we're making comedy albums, but like if you want to beat change here, do it. If you want to change your voice here, do it. This is what you want to talk about, do it. And I, th- I really want that to be my legacy is like you can do what you want within it hip-hop is a sandbox it's not meant to be fucking planted the same way every year harvested the same way every year like make it your own that makes perfect sense that midwest fucking analogy but it is what it is (laughs) that is so fucking funny (laughs) (laughs) what do you want your stamp on the music industry to be I want it to be community. I want it to be that in a perfect world, I envision myself as making it and then creating a platform that continuously allows people to come up and not not take away from their success, if that makes sense. I want to build a relationship that helps people keep coming up and setting them up for success and not it being hey i did this for you i did that i want to like no no ties like you did this it's yours go get it now and yes i provided that but i don't want to hear anyone ever say that you got where you're at because of this person because i don't i think that takes away from people's success the reason they're there in the first place is because they did it so i would love to make it and then foster a platform that allows other people to make it without feeling like they owe, owe me for it if that makes sense that makes perfect sense. I think that's kind of always been the basis of the things that I've wanted to do with my own career. It's kind of like um, I've recognized that the that the that the trajectory of the entertainment industry is to be is to is in order to get to a place where you can quote unquote put other people on in the future. It seems like you almost have to become your first client or become mm-hmm. your manifestation and so I think that's part of the reason why I do this podcast and why I'm doing the projects that I'm doing in the way that I'm doing them is because you know people have to get to know and 
love you as a face before they invest in the stuff that you do. So it's like, you know, I'm I giving. <laughs> I feel you. That's exactly. I, I think we're the same in that manner, 100. percent Yeah. Now compare what you want your stamp on the music industry to be to how you want to be remembered as a person overall. Hmm. Uh, I think the same thing. You know, I'm an Aquarius, and like a lot of people say, what you want about Aquarius? Like people shit on us all the time. But I want it to be that he was there for you no matter what. You know what I mean? Like if I had, what's the point of being remembered if it wasn't for the good things? So creating good things that people can remember you for, and not just the shitty things that people do because everyone does shitty things they can try to run and hide from it they they do it being a human it's part of the human condition like you do bad things it's about how you move from those things and not let them define you so i think i want people to remember me as like he helped people around him and he didn't do it because it helped him he did it because it truly helped the people around him i love that What are you working on now that we should be looking forward to? I just dropped an EP on March 3rd called Aquarius Season is Never Over because it's not because I'm here. All right. But uh, that's seven songs, seven of the best songs I've ever written. They're catchy. They are very mainstream. I think they still contain content that that people can relate to. But it's an attempt at trying to start to build that platform you know that we just talked about of like being able to put other people on i do have a special project coming but can't talk about it yet we were talking about it before this um and that's that's another addition to that legacy um but right now bitch i have been sending out emails and emails and emails trying to get on any pride shows in in june that i possibly can so i can spread that love and that message so that's pretty much what's coming I'm always working on music. So I'm, if you follow me on Spotify, you know, you'll see the music that I drop. I usually drop like a song every other month or like a song a month. So um, just know that it's always coming. I absolutely love that. And congratulations, first and foremost. Thank you. Of course, anytime. Talk to me about this project because you said that you know these are seven of the best songs that you've ever written but these are also songs that are um focused more towards the mainstream mm-hmm. and tell me about the creative process of you balancing the authenticity of who you are as an artist with the directional shift of making music that the general public can easily retain yeah so i think the mainstream side of it really comes from the beat selection so code red is the producer that has produced basically all my stuff for like the last two years we just have this this cadence where we go in we don't write nothing we listen to a loop we listen to a sample we want to chase this vibe like this is what i'm thinking he'll build it i don't know how he does it he just does it we leave within three hours of a song when we started from scratch so that's pretty much the cadence of how all these songs were made but for me uh, there's a song on this ep called sleep and i wrote it when i was sleep deprived when my son was first born and it really is just me like contemplating like life right and like it says i gave up sleeping it ain't good for me because when you sleep they catch you slipping homie and yeah it's true i like to keep it on me it's like you're not allowed you're not allowed to sleep because someone catches you slipping and that's how it feels sometimes especially in this industry like if i'm sleeping someone else is winning but it's okay for other people to win and it's just like 
the second verse it you know it says us winning got your hairline receding it's talking about like queer artists like us winning really pisses people off and i want people to know that like we know it pisses you off and we're going to continue to to win so like being able to balance that the opening track panic is literally like talking about it says i get it anyway anytime and it's a play on words because that's you know i'm paying i that i mean that's just who i am and it's like please don't panic like don't be shocked by what i bring to the table because i can get it anywhere anytime no matter what beat you give me no matter what genre we're going to and also gender i'll get it anywhere anytime like it's a real big play on words but that song is like it's a fucking bop like the beats hard the flows hard all that stuff so i really tried to ingrain who i am and not hide it i don't want to hide who i am for the general public but I want people to realize that I make music for anyone. I don't care who you fuck. I don't care who you love. I don't care who your views are. Listen to it. But I also will promote the people that I care about. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. I fucking love that. Um, Is there anything that you would like to share with my audience and I that we didn't cover over the course of our conversation today? take the risk i'll just use this as a, a moment to just restate that take the risk um so many people I've been, i don't know why in the past week i've had three or four people to like message me i don't know if it's because of this ep or what that they've listened and they're like how do i do this how do i get started i'm afraid that i don't know how to do it or i wouldn't be good you don't know if you're gonna be good at something if you don't fucking try try it who gives a shit what anyone else thinks Find the people around you that are going to give you honest feedback. And also a tip, don't expect them to be your biggest fans. No one has to be your biggest fan. They don't owe you anything. Um, So find people you trust. Take the risk. You don't know if you like something until you try it. And if you don't succeed, it doesn't define you. I think that's pretty much what Shiloh brings to the table. So those are the things that I wanted to hit on. (laughs) I absolutely love that. My last question for you before I release you back into the wild, my good friend, is where can people find you and all of the things that you'd like to promote? Um, well, the OnlyFans got shut down. Sorry about that. Um, my yeah. Instagram and my Twitter are at the real Shiloh. And the way I spell Shiloh is S-H-I-L-O-W because I'm shy on the low. Um, <laughs> it's about being an extroverted introvert. So the real Shiloh underscore because I had the original one that was the real Shiloh and then it got hacked and I was like fuck so now I had to make the same one with an underscore you can find me anywhere on your streaming platforms Spotify Apple Music Tidal whatever you use S-H-I-L-O-W my new EP Aquarius Season is Never Over 7 tracks produced by Code Red got some amazing features on there um, go stream it put it on repeat for me so that people think I got the clout when they see how many monthly streamers or uh, listeners I got period absolutely <laughs> on that note children that has been our show I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in to help me to facilitate these conversations and I want to give and extend the biggest thank you to Shiloh for blessing the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back for you before we sign off and we're gonna do it on a mic drop moment. If you didn't do this and provide a platform, there would be a lot of people that weren't able to speak about what they're doing. So the real thank you goes out to you. Mic drop. Oh, thank you so much. That means the world to me. Um, make sure you come back anytime when you drop new music, if you join a reality show, write a book, have a new baby, or if you just wanna come by and shoot the shit. Absolutely. I got you. I will definitely be staying in touch. I miss you dearly. I'm so glad I found you. Um, so yeah, thank you so much again for being here, of course. Now, on that note, and with that being said, I wanna remind all of you guys out there listening to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Brian K. James. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love every single one of you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Keep the mess in the message, be useful, but not used, and misbehave yourselves. Peace. Bye, guys. I got to jump to... What's going on, everybody? Brian K. James here, and I'm so excited to let you know that this podcast is being brought to you in part by Outlander Media Network. Outlander's mission is to bring you the most exclusive alternative content from across the web, from the farthest reaches invading your space. We appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and never want you to forget to embrace your inner Outlander. I am Brian K. James, and this is Real Reality Realness.